Good afternoon and welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. We're coming to the end of a long and winding road that is Everton's Premier League 2016-17 season with 7th place guaranteed and Europa League football or at least the qualifying stage of Europa League football also in the bag. Watford was not much to write home about, I think we can all agree on that, but there is, enticing might be a strong word, but the curious prospect at least of a final day visit to Arsenal and the Emirates, a place where we haven't won in a long time. There's other permutations that game as well and how it might affect a certain other club. But Gav, what, if anything, does the final game represent now for Blues and for you? Um, well, first of all, I think I'm only interested in our performance on, uh, on that Sunday it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sunday. yeah. Um, so I think... Ideally for us, as you know, for us to get the best results out of the game, if if uh, the team from across Stanley Park scored a couple of early goals in Anfield and Arsenal know that that's it for the season in terms of the title, in, in terms of chasing the uh, Champions League places, then that might sort of go in our favour then, mm-hmm. mightn't it? So they've got the cup final then, haven't they? Yeah, they, they, they the following week, so they might just take it easy. But I just want to see us get three points because... I mean, we've got 61 points now, haven't we? Which is the same as what we got when we finished fourth in 2005, which just shows how the, the standards have changed mm-hmm. in English football in terms of like the power base now going to an elite group of clubs. That 61 was good enough for fourth then, it's it's seventh now, isn't it? So I think three points would take us to 64, and I think we're capable of doing that if, you know, in the right scenario. And it'll, and Coombe would then have one more point than what he got with Southampton last season and he got 63 last year which is a good day did he finish like but three points beyond Champions League yeah yeah so I, I, I still think that there's a lot for me going on it um, as you say I don't believe in down and tools at any no. any stage of the and season our record down there to win there even if it means regardless of whether it means anything tangibly It'd be nice just to get that monkey off absolutely, our back. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I see no reason why we can't do it in the, in the right circumstances. I mean, you see Sunderland last night, well, down for what, 70 odd minutes. Uh, mm. So, still a lot on it for me. I'm not particularly interested on the impact on other, other games. In fact, it might help us in terms of achieving the results if actually the other games go in. Didn't think of it like that, to be fair. Fair favour. Early goals in Anfield, so will you be wishing them on? <laughs> big Jürgen and his men. <laughs> I'll play out on the 16s. <laughs> um, do you know what's going to be interesting? What the fans think as the game's going on. And the more it's nil-nil at Anfield, so we've got to the second <laughs> half, you could see, I don't know, you could see murmurs of what happened against Manchester City a couple of years ago. Where I, I, I remember sitting there in the main stand and Everton scored, and there was not many that jumped up out there. <laughs> seats, I'd say that. It's, and it's weird the way it's, it's come back round again that there's not a rider on it for Everton, we can't go up any place. Because I think back that day, we, we were guaranteed Europe that day, wasn't we? And we couldn't go any lower. So, listen, it's a, it's a free hit here for Roland Koeman, isn't it? Um, it'd be nice to get, get a victory going into the summer, as you've just said, Greg, getting that monkey off our backs. And then you've got some kind of optimism going in towards next season. That do you know what you've beaten Manchester City, you've beaten Arsenal home and away, you've t- taken points home and away against Manchester United. It's not all that bad when you're looking at the, the big teams that you've played. Um, we can't play the kids, can we either? As well with the with the no, in duty, yeah. so that's a, that's not not good. So as long as we we have a go and we're not scared, that that that'll suit me. But 
it's the repercussions of it if we do win. Yeah. Can you imagine it if we were to do Liverpool a favour? Yeah. If Liverpool only draw or somehow get beat. I can't see it. They couldn't have, Liverpool couldn't have unpicked a better team to play at home on Sunday. Middlesbrough can't wait to get out the league. They want to get on their holidays and start afresh. Yeah. So I, I don't think it'll have no impact. I think Liverpool will be 2-3-0 up by half-time. They should be. In, a, in any normal, rational business or sport, it's an absolute walkover. But maybe I'm just... Just uh, clutching the straws in, in a sense, but just never know. Just, never but do you think? Do you think? Obviously, Gavi, as you've just said, then if Arsenal get wind of Liverpool being three 0 up at half time, etc., you think they the wheels will just fall off them and Everton can gather momentum second half and have a right good go? Or on the flip side of that, will Wenger bring a few players on who are playing for cup final, cup final places? Well, I think the other thing as well is, is the City is still in the air, the mix, aren't he? Yeah, the third. So, yeah, third, so yeah. I think. Um, I don't need just throw you off as won't Well, yeah, yeah. Well, look at Chelsea on uh, on Monday. So, I mean, yeah, in slightly different circumstances. So, there's still three teams in it. But I'm just interested. I just want us to finish the season well. I mean, I said at the start of the season, didn't I? That you know, being seen, the importance of being seen is that a top seven when you looked at the table, regardless of what commercial people mm. say and TV called to say is that if you look, if you land on Planet Zog and you saw the table say there's a top seven clubs there miles ahead of everybody else and that's really... Do you see it as that gap without your Everton hat on? Do you see it as a top six or a top seven? At this moment in time, mm. no, but if I landed in from Planet Zog and didn't know the history of mm. of football and just said that those seven are miles ahead of everybody else and I think like that three points on Sunday would take us even further. It would make that gap more like yeah, Because I think there's been, you know, eighth has had 44 or 45 points since about the middle of February, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. when you have a look. And that's what I think is important. And, you know, if we can get, if that chasm's even more and we're closer to the top six, I think that's uh, I think that's beneficial for us. I know, I know it's probably completely worthless, but just for me, it just looks right. Mm. And I, I think... Um, I think I'd like a win for that reason, because uh, that takes for sixty-four points, which would be there or thereabouts. You know, I think the next guys can get up to about 66, 67 or whatever yeah. it is. You know, um, which I think would be would, would be a good season for us. Um, but sixty-one is okay. But I think it, I think a win would be really nice. It's weird when you look at it. If I was to ask you, Greg, at the start of the season, Everton will finish up in the same European competition as Manchester United and Arsenal. You'd have taken that, wouldn't you? But it's just not. You wouldn't have thought it was the same competition no, exactly, in the exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's weird the way it pans out, isn't it? Is that a situation of Arsenal and Manchester United haven't achieved as much in Everton's done well? Yeah, a bit yeah. Of, bit of well, no, I think we've done as well as what I would expect. I think they've both, well, I think they and City have as well, haven't they, really? Yeah. I mean, I know City has a late run, but I think, I don't really want to, this is probably for the summer, but I was thinking about this the other day. Um, that you know, we talked about the top six, which spending a load of money during the summer, and they'll get better, mm. and we've got to play catch up. But actually, that won't necessarily reflect itself will it, in the points total that they get because there's only so many points in the Premier League season, isn't it? And they all play each other, yeah, twice, don't they? Like, so mm. everybody will give up points, so you, you'll never get a position where six teams will get 80 points each in the Premier League because they mm. can't because they've all got to play each other. Uh... A third of their games are against each other and us. During yeah. the season, so they're always going to be dropping points. So that gap between us and the top six is 
isn't as in points wise, isn't as great. But in terms what you of think. getting into it, getting into we've it, we've got yeah, to be in a position it. where we can take points off them more, 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 more regularly. And that's but yeah. by doing that, you're going to have to sign better players. But, that's but the these thing. big teams above us yeah. will be signing them better heads of us. Yeah, yeah. but 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 okay, they'll sign better players. But in terms of how they improve, the most Chelsea or Arsenal or Man United could improve is probably say twenty percent because they've already got really good players at the yeah. club but we can actually we've got scope for them improving 40 50 percent haven't we because yeah. of the base where we start from yeah, and, and, and i think so if you have a look over the last as a, as a look at it last night doesn't matter how much money there's in the premier league so good season or bad seasons the top six if you're in the top six the average is always around 70 to 75 points and that's gone on for about the last 11 years yeah. apart from last season when leicester won so that's what you're aiming for. So it doesn't matter what all the other teams buy. If you, if you, you know, in terms of like improving their squad, we've just got to make us next season. We've got to have a squad that's capable of getting 75 points. That's going to be difficult, though, Gavin. What I've just said. Then we've just said the top five. Well, take the Liverpool getting the Champions League. You've already got Chelsea, Tottenham, and Manchester City. Man United get in there if they win the Europa League. Yeah. So you're going to have Everton and Arsenal in the Europa League as well. Now, them top seven teams are all going to be in Europe, have all got quality managers and all got lots of money to spend in the summer. <laughs> How difficult is it going to be for Everton? More than most, because we can't, we can't compete yeah, no, with no. the Champions League clubs. We can't even compete with Arsenal's wages. Yeah. So, or, or they're sad well, to sell. Can, yeah, we, can well, we offer... What? You probably can. What are they paying? Sanchez and Ozil, what are they paying? Yeah, we I can't cope with that, can we? Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just the players, the, you know, getting the players, and that's the problem. So that's how difficult is it again for us to But, but what compete? I'm saying, our scope for improvements is far greater. And then we can add. We, we, we've got the capacity easy to add 14, 15 points on, on to, onto our total this season. Because we got 72, didn't we, in 2014. All the teams there that we're talking about, I haven't got scope to go up to like 85, mm. 90 I points. None of them. I think Manchester United one, have. I think Manchester United one, have. Yeah, one, I think City definitely have. Yeah, one, one of them might, but they all can't because you, you're taking points off each other during the course of the season. It's impossible for I understand their, that, but they can improve a lot than teams that I've just named. But, for, but we just need to get seven. We just need to say to get into the top six and be within the top six, not even higher than six, it's just aim for 75 yeah. points. That's all you've got to do. It's going to be difficult. And to get it, up here's another factor yeah, why so. Sunday could be a nice kind of just a, a, the beginning of something rather than quite literally being the end of this season. I sense that of all those teams we've discussed, if you could say any of them are vulnerable, which is a bit of a long shot, Arsenal might be the most vulnerable to yeah. being usurped in that in that mix, purely because if you, they don't know what's happened with the manager, but the suggestions that Wenger's going to stay and sign another contract. That in itself is going to split half the fan base, or actually maybe yeah. more than half. Mm. You know, if that happens, it means Cronkers staying where he is, and obviously his track record of funding the team is up and down. Although you're right to say they have spent big at times, and they can still spend big. Maybe not as big as the rest of that group. Yeah, and maybe we can. Maybe Michelle will surprise us with what he'll offer in terms of wages. So, if there's any inkling that, and we beat them at home, as you as you mentioned earlier, I'd say they're the one vulnerable team. That if if they drop out, if we play our cards right and do everything right in the window, and Cumin improves the side, the new players he's got enough, we could main we could possibly just squeeze yeah. in. Wouldn't there. it be a team? I'd say I say at Liverpool to be caught because they could be a flash in the pan. What a one season ones in the Champions League then drop out of it. 
because I'm not being funny. The, the league, though, it's it's a, it's a league form that gets them in it, isn't it? That's what I'm talking about. It does, yeah, I understand that. But do you mean in terms of like being in Champions League might affect their league? Yeah, form? yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Maybe I think it does. Spurs are at Wembley, aren't they? And that, that's the point. I'm yeah, well, trying yeah. to say yeah. that's the point I'm trying to say is you can throw all these things in about buying new players, that best players, what they got. But there's only a certain amount of points that you can get in a season, and you're always going to drop points, whatever team you are. And also throw into these other factors that we're talking about here. That actually, assuming we get the, the Europa League, so Premier League balance right, which you've got to do, as you said, there, Tom, mm. there's absolutely no reason at all that you know we can't that we can generate a number of points next season that will be competitive and get within that top six easy. Um, but you know we need to do that. But I think it's it's not as hard as what you think if you just count in those terms. What do you think Ronald Koeman's thoughts are towards the Europa League, Greg? Do you think he would happily jump out of it tomorrow to have a good good crack at the top four next season while the others are in Europe? Or would he want to...? I think he's probably as conflicted as most of us are. I think he probably views it as important to progress as a club. Is it, though? Because we've seen Leicester haven't been in, the, in Europe for years. And this season they got to the Champions League quarter yeah, You're right, but what, I'm just thinking... I suppose in a perfect world he would have had another season whereby he didn't have to worry about the Europa League because if he can get these players in that he wants give him the benefit of the doubt last summer things happened he came in late his own fault (laughs) 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 whatever reason yeah off his third holiday (laughs) and it was all a bit of a a last minute thing so I suppose being honest he might want another season where he didn't have the distraction in Europe but he's got a three year plan so well he's got a contract for three years and a three year plan so by virtue of doing well this season he's got to deal with Europe now what will be interesting I suppose is the teams he puts out for these qualifying games yeah, yeah. maybe you know for all people say they want to be in the Europa League their way days he might do a West Ham yeah basically yeah. tossed it off didn't he yeah. yeah I mean also as well that thing we mentioned the other week you know there is the, the carrot and stick of a Champions League place, isn't it? For the well, Phil, 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 you Phil kept right, like talking about trying to win it. Yeah. I think about it. I, I, I understand what Phil's saying. I don't think there's a cat in hell's chance that Everton could win the Europa League. But next he needs a squad like Manchester United and Chelsea's when they last won it. But okay, well, you saw the teams who in the semi-finals this year: Ajax, Lyon, Lyon, are what fourth, fifth in there. Uh, yeah, look their league. Their first they're division. Yeah. Oh, does Ajax get on? Finals won the league. Seconds, Seconds. Yeah, but you know what Just I'm saying. Is, poor quality. Well, yeah. What I'm saying. What I'm saying is that those teams there are not exactly. You know, you're not well, talking Champions League material. Yeah, but they there. can afford. They can afford to play their reserves for half of their games during the weekends well, and then have a good crack at the you know, no, no, European no, no, teams. I don't think they don't. It's just. It's just that this season was particularly. Poor quality Europa League, I thought, compared to say, you know, the previous. You know, if you think about the previous. When year, we've been in it. <laughs> yeah, well, you think about, yeah, you think about the previous year, like Liverpool played Seville. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Villarreal and yeah. Dortmund in the last three. Yeah. The, the last three rounds. It's like Champions League games, yeah. Aren't it? So, I mean, you can get, like this year, you can, if you get to look at the draw, right, it can be an easy path to the final, what you think. Uh, um, it's, you, but it's going to be the balance. games to get there, I mean, plus they've got the qualifiers, <laughs> haven't we? Mind you, Monaco got to the, the Champions League qualifiers and they had to go through the uh, the qualifying round, didn't he? So, so, but I think it's going to be interesting. But what, what I'm saying is here is when I was looked at it in terms of the points total, is 
Creating that gap for the top six is not as massive as what you think, and we've got greater capacity to improve our position than six teams above us. I understand that yeah, we've yeah, got you know that, I mean? but it's finding the place to get that because yeah. it's it's going to be double difficult for us because of the teams. Every player we're going to be linked with, all it takes is Liverpool, Tottenham, City, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, and forget about it. Forget it. Okay. Go go down the next. Go. Who's next on your list? Walsh. That's it. That's what's going to be. Who's your next on your list? Who's your next? So the, we've we've mentioned matters off the pitch uh, in the course of this segment of the podcast. Let's move more directly onto them because this week was significant in the sense that Everton announced their new sponsor, the African betting firm Sport Pacer, and they released their new Umbro home kit for next season. Let's start on the home kit and just instant reaction to it. Really, it was yesterday at the Invisible Wind Factory, but of course we'd seen the inevitable leak couple of days beforehand so what do you make of the kit I think it's, it's alright it looks like a bit of a training top doesn't it it's funny because every every supporter I've spoke to over the years I go to them oh, do you like the first team kit and they go oh, I don't buy the first team kit I always buy the training gear and then you see <laughs> and then you say to them about this kit they go it looks like a training gear so oh, I don't like this so, are you saying it's a training gear do you know what I mean listen you can't please every Evertonian whichever whoever designs these kits it, 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 there's always going to be a fan that's going to moan about the design or someone else can do better or why can't he design it listen it's a kit do you wear it for 19 games a season I'm more interested in the players using it than the actual kit itself I don't care if they're in fancy dress as long as they won every game Gaff depends what fancy dress they're wearing I suppose <laughs> do, they, uh, do um, the Umbro diamonds on the sleeve give you a little nostalgic twinge uh, oh, they uh, do for Gaff uh, you me. know what so this is just a ruse to give me stick about me <laughs> using it again like, you know. so I'm I, I'm a little bit even more extreme than Tony. I don't really give monkeys. Doesn't doesn't really bother me. Yeah. And that's because I'm not an old that's because I'm old time and it's just basically I'm only interested in the players and the results. Yeah. Everything else around it yeah. is really on the periphery uh, for me. Uh, I'm not really uh, not really bothered either way to You can see what the way maybe you like to see your teenagers may get us up about it and they go, they they're the likes of that's who were teens and isn't it? Kids and youngsters and they're the ones who are buying the kits all the time. Yeah. So you can see why they're but if adults are getting wound up about a football kit, that where are you going to be seeing 19 times a season? Yeah. And I think I just sort of generally, the one thing I don't like is when people take, you know, we all do this, go on the internet and you see things, don't you? Or supporters don't like the kit because just based on what people have said on the internet, well, actually, that's not necessarily the wider view of... Exactly. Of all supporters, isn't it? Mm. And well, my dad really likes it. He, yeah. he doesn't yeah. tweet, you know. Yeah. yeah. My brother doesn't tweet much. He thinks it's a nice kit. And yeah. I sent the I sent the pictures yeah. to my dad. He says, "Oh, it's all right, that." Yeah. And he's but, not. He's not on social media at well, all. Like, like all things to do with, well, everything really. If you got an opinion, if you got a negative opinion, you're more likely to express it on social media. And if you got a positive opinion, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that lead can lead to false conclusions over things. Yeah. Uh, few, as I believe the kids call it these <laughs> well, days. You know? What about yeah. the white logo emblazoned on the front of the kit, or more importantly, the fit, the nature of the firm, Sport Pacer? Uh, well, if only we had somebody ran their own popular betting podcast to run this back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, not a lot of football events. Here we go, Scotty Bet TV. You can find it on Twitter primarily and the YouTube channel. Tony Scott, talk us through. Sport Pacer, should Everton, seriously, should Everton in this uh, age when, when we're being ever encouraged to be aware of things like drinking and gambling, should Everton have gone from a beer manufacturer to a gaming brand in Sport Pacer? Yeah, I don't see no difference if it's got cigarettes or alcohol or gambling. I don't see no difference. I 
I think football sold to soul many a year ago compared to when the revenue's coming in for it. It doesn't matter if it's gambling, football or alcohol, whatever it is, if, if the money's coming in, then fine, there's no problem about it. I think when you're looking at Manchester United sponsorship, they've got sponsorships coming out the backsides, haven't they? Training exactly. kits, training gowns. Whichever yeah. way yeah. it is. And listen, it's whoever's got the most money and it seems as though sport pace who are willing to pay whatever it takes to put their um, brands on the, on the front of Everton's shirts for next season. Listen, how many Premier League sides have got a better well, company now? A lot now. Yeah. I, I checked it out because like, when, we, when we got wins of what was happening with Everton, they were going to have a bookmaker on, on top of the shirts. I think it's more than half now. More than half of the Premier League have got a bookmaker or Bet365 or whatnot blazed on the front of their shirts. It'll only be a matter of time. Well, you've seen the, the sponsorship of the Scottish football, sponsored by Labrooks. It, yeah. it just goes on and on. You only have to look at a Premier League football game on Sky now. And even before that whistle goes, Ray Winston comes on, bang, straight away. And it's all money into football. And if it makes Everton, if it signs Everton a player for £10 million next season, so be it. And I, what I liked about them as well is they paid for the fans to go to Swansea last week as well, which was a nice touch as well. I didn't hear anyone slagging them off there. So, yeah. fair play to them. And they're opening an office, aren't they, in the City Centre? I think that's the big thing, Gav. They're, yeah. they're not just... They're not just sponsoring the club, they're moving resource, significant yeah. resource, European headquarters, to the Liverpool waterfront and creating jobs in the city. Yeah. I know I think I think there's there's two discussions here, isn't there? One, there's the wider discussion on whether gambling football should encourage gambling and have like, you know, whatever competition sponsored by a gambling firm. Uh, you know, the national team aren't they? You know, sponsored by them. So I think there's there's that aspect to it. FA sponsored by William Miller. Yeah. Where are they going? You can tell he's in the betting business. All these clubs he's putting <laughs> in for his mates, like you know. I'm not. Like, well, yeah, I'm you just know what I mean. You know, he's a couple of quid in his back pocket at the end of the podcast. But no, there's a, that's a wider discussion is about whether football should be allowed to align itself with, with gambling firms, like in the past. You know, what you say with bit, bit smoking, wasn't it years mm. ago? So I think that's a wider discussion. And um, but in terms of whether Everton should go with it, of course. Well, if it's allowed within the within the football mm. business of course they're perfectly entitled to I mean we've gone with drinks companies in, in the past haven't we mm. um, so I haven't got a, I haven't got a problem with it uh, but as I say it's a separate discussion whether football should should encourage it because it's conflicts of interest why, why shouldn't it Doug you, you've got the entire league championship league one and league two is sponsored by Skybet so well, I suppose I, I suppose taking taking devil's advocate should the FA do something about it from an ethical point of view, given that gambling, a lot of people uh, increasingly are seeking help because of gambling addictions, and not just professional footballers who've got, you know, relatively speaking, more money to burn, but people who are like, you know, earning minimum wage, maybe out of work, mm. who are still having these gambling problems, whether it's the fruit machines or whether it's going into the bookies or whether it's the online gaming industry, which is mm. booming, you know, then they're getting it shoved in their face from. Pretty much every which way, but loose, aren't they? Yeah. Now, so whether or not I totally agree with you both, Everton doesn't really have to be their concern. No, but should I guess what I'm saying on a different level, people higher up at the FA take a, me- a moral and ethical decision. But it's not just that you've got. It's not just gambling. You can look at as I've just mentioned before. You've got cigarettes getting some alcohol. Now, for for years the Premier League was sponsored by Carling. Yeah. Oh, I was about that. I'm in your well, face every time you go on the match. Well, def- Carling, Carling, yeah, well, Carling. We've been sponsored by a drinks company, yeah. I, no, and, and I think that, I mean, well, there's some 
there's some countries where it's actually banned, isn't it? Even having drinks on the as sponsors on, on on the shirt. So, I think it's as you say, it's not just gambling. And, and I think there's, I can understand why there's a discussion whether any changes will happen. I doubt it because it's just money coming into the yeah. game, and also as well, like you don't want to give yourself a competitive disadvantage compared to countries from abroad. <laughs> Do you like I me? Mean, that, that's teams in this country and hopefully us are not competing against just each other. The the the, the they're competing against mega clubs from abroad, aren't they? Who are, you've got massive forms of income from, from as you say, gambling mm. and stuff like that. So why would you have a cause yourself at, to have a competitive disadvantage just to make a moral point? Um, but again, I am I am concerned though that especially in football, where there is like sort of you know gambling is banned, that actually yeah. it does encourage it on on the other side yeah. of the coin. And that's where the that's where the main problem is. I think if you if you stop it on gambling, then you've got to stop it on drinking and everything else. You look at one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest club in the world, Real Madrid, sponsored by B Win for years. B Win, bookmaker. Or no one batters an island when they're signing. It's a good point. And you could even widen it out to off the top of my head, there aren't many. But if say a club were to say, All right, well, we've got a new um, commercial partner, um, Burger King, well, Fast junk food is often being touted by the government as something that's really affecting kids uh, and, and adults in, across Europe. Obesity rates higher than ever. So where where do you draw so the I line? Mean, you could find a negative within every sponsorship yeah, that's absolutely. been on every Premier League club. Yeah, I mean, yeah. an airline. Yeah. What about the carbon footprint? Exactly. You know. Yeah. 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 So you could go on forever. It's really, just that it's just that gambling is slightly different because there's specific rules about gambling within football, isn't it? That's what that's where there's a slight conflict. Is no, it's it's just a just a teeny weeny diff, difference. Well, it's only within the it's only within the football club. They all get to set the rules. Yeah. Whether you're the tea lady at Everton Football Club, or you're Farhad Moshiri, you know the rules before the ball is kicked on August the twelfth next season. You know that straight away, and every and, player, and everyone gets it, and that's it. Yeah. You can't have a bet and, on any kinds of football match. And that and that that's that's the that's the support, isn't it? For, for having gambling, that everybody's got their own free will at the end of the day, and we 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 try and sort of, you know, cause people enough, don't we, without yeah. sort of, uh, you know, making it worse for ourselves. Mm. But I think there's a discussion to be had about it in football, to be honest with you, but I don't think that discussion necessarily applies to everyone with the... With the no, I do agree, I do agree with you, but I think the discussion has to be made by maybe the FA in the Premier League to set out a line where you can't bet on a football match because I disagree that a, an Everton crowd steward or the tea, la- the tea lazy at Finch Farm she can't have a 50 pence bet on the Europa League final in a couple of weeks' time. That's stupid. Why can't she? She should yeah. be able to, do you know what I mean? Where it is, and if you're a, play, a member of the playing staff, or you're Ronald Koeman or coaching staff, then I think that's out of order, then, do you know what I mean? That, that's not allowed that line. to, I, Exactly, yeah. that's the line that you're I, I think the other aspect to it was the actual amount itself, and I know, like, sort of, it's a bit, bit maybe wasn't clear for a number of reasons. Uh, probably for most people who are interested, I think everybody who's trying to work out what 300% meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a figure X, you've had 300% so what does that mean? <laughs> you know? Everybody's trying to reprise their own level maths, you know. <laughs> uh, the, the amount, I think Phil was saying he thought was, and fitted in with the, the 75 million quid that Robert Elston had said over five years for the, the Finch Farm and uh, Share deals worked out about was it nine million a year? Was it Greg? Something I think like it's about that. 9.1 yeah, which million, yeah. still leaves us, you know, you know, the top teams significantly behind, and also the Spurs are at the bottom bottom of that ladder of six. 
who will renegotiate theirs before our, our hours expire. With a significant uplift, yeah. you would imagine. Do, do you yeah. think there's been comments, you know, uh, for and against that, whether that's a, you know, a good figure for Evan or not? Where, where do we stand on that? I think it's a very good figure, considering where Evan are at. I think last, the last previous two seasons, we finished in the bottom half. And you look at it now, yeah, we're, we're in the top six, top seven. But I think we, you, you, you've got to walk before you can run. And that's I think with Evertonians, you've got to be careful. You can't go up to big, massive global companies and demands and held on them for all kinds of ransom where Tottenham and Arsenal demands. And look at, they, look at they've got. We haven't got that what, yet, so we I, can't yeah. demand them figures yet. Like a lump it, but get realistic. We yeah. can't demand the figures that Arsenal and Tottenham have got. I to- totally agree with that. Um, and we were talking earlier, weren't we, that I think... It's it's going to be incremental, exactly like you said, because of where Everton are coming from in recent years. I would hope, though, that because um, it's a five-year deal, isn't it? Yeah. A lot can change in five years. I would hope that there's a chance to renegotiate others already clauses. Should Ronald Koeman get us into the top four next season? Should we win a court, a trophy? Yeah. You know, um, I would like to think that the people at boardroom level, with Fab Machines added impetus, and you know Sasha and people like that, Ryan Stev, who've come in. That they've got a bit more wriggle room, and it's not just what you know, nine point one million a year, irrespective of whether we go and win the league or something mm. or get in the top four. Yeah. And don't forget it. That's just the front of the shirts. Obviously, there's room to manoeuvre it. Obviously, the sleeve possibly as well, and there's other there's other projects that you can jump on board yeah, if we are I, if we do become successful. Yeah, well, we're getting a shirt sleeve sponsor. Anyway, I'm just, I just do hope, and I would imagine there will be wriggle room. To renegotiate, should anything happen like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking that that actually all our commercial deals should have that caveat that we've been moving to a new ground or in that time regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole host of things that you would think going forward in the future that what what's the value now is not necessarily value for us in, in a few years' time. And I think I agree what Tony was saying. It is baby steps. So because I was looking at um, the other teams who are currently seventh in all the other European leagues at the moment, you know, I'm just saying, I'll, not necessarily like, you know, a hundred percent comparison, but like in 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 it, Serie A, it's Fiorentina, in, really? in yeah, mm-hmm. in the Bundesliga, it's Cologne. I think it's Real Sociedad in the uh, La Liga. And if you're on the outside looking in and wanted to buy into those clubs as a sponsor, you'd be saying, well, actually, what sponsor you would expect? You would expect sort of about the level that we've got, wouldn't you? Really, because mm. you know, if you go into them countries, you've got far bigger clubs. Yeah. And those countries that like blue chip companies would want to involve themselves with. So a blue chip company isn't going to involve themselves with Everton yet. And also as well, those companies that are left the the, the sports um not even if it's sports, the Premier League camp, not even uh, Well there is there is a little bit of a there's a premium for that, but that applies to blue chip companies as well. it's really difficult in the modern modern era to get like sports sponsorship at the right level because of the, the global economic t- day in town the down day in town <laughs> downturn uh, you know that type of stuff it's yeah. really difficult to get the right deal so I think any deal that you think well actually that's about right is probably a bit of an achievement <laughs> with, with the caveat of what Greg was saying that um, you would hope that there's some incremental uh, aspect to it going forward to reflect the you know hopefully success on the field but there's an argument that would you rather sponsor a top seven team in England rather than a top four team in Germany. There's an argument for that because of the brand, the Premier League. Yeah, what I'm saying is it's it's the it's the amount that people want to sponsor up us against compared to the 
to the value of the, 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 the clubs that are yeah. above us. And you get that in Germany, you get that in Italy, you get that in Spain, only, and that's the thing. If you're looking at those clubs that are seventh elsewhere in Europe, you'd say, well, actually, it'll be the type of firm that we've got. Maybe a smaller amount, but that, yeah. that, that type of level. Um, and I think, it, but it will be interesting to see how, how this changes going forward. Now, hopefully, it does, Greg. We've you spoke about obviously we're not in the, the full picture of what sport pace will bring to Everton in terms of revenue. But if it helps Everton to sign one big marquee signing, the the, the players, sorry, the fans aren't going to care less, are they? If it helps get the wages of a marquee yeah. player or go some way towards, then yeah, then it will have you know the the fans will be pleased with the deal. And like I say, I think. Overall, Everton should be pretty pleased with the deal yeah. for, for the reason we said. Yeah, do we need something that I thought it was quite glad to see that Chang wanted to stay on board in some capacity? It's good, yeah. That, uh, that, a community partner with yeah, Everton in the community. Yeah, that actually a sponsor wants to stay with us, even though they've lost, lost the main area sponsorship in terms of that connection, maybe what you were saying there. So mm. that actually is still good to be associated with the Premier League in any shape or form. And I thought I quite like that aspect to it, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. still going to be on tap at Goodison, Chang. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I mean, we, but I think that's going to be good. But I think it's, it's come out today, I said, that actually we'll get 124 million this year from Telly and finish the Premier League. Yeah. So you've got to, you, in terms of the importance of money to the club, that but, is still a relatively small percentage, isn't it, of the club's yeah. income? When you're looking at wages, etc., and well, what we're trying to offer Ross Barkley and Romulo Lukaku yeah. and trying to keep hold of them, it remains to be seen. Greg, is there any. Players who we've been linked with in the just today, Theo Walcott and Oxlade Chamberlain, are they players to get you off the edge of your seat next season? Well, I would imagine that the likes getting a player of the ilk of Walcott or Chamberlain would be difficult. To be honest, I would think that would be quite difficult to lure them away from London to a club that's at the moment. Uh, lesser club if you like in terms of you know Arsenal may well miss out on the Champions League and they mo- may both feel like a change even if but they're do not they move to Liverpool Arsenal? well personally to answer your question I'd love to sign Chamberlain in particular I think mm. I think he's a really class act and if a new uh, change of scene different manager consistent pl- football I think he'd be brilliant and every time I see him play against Everton he's class He's up for sale, Gav. Does Everton aren't going to be the only team in for them, are they? Well, our rivals from across the park have been linked with them. The only thing I was looking at that, the fee involved is it 30 odd million was mentioned or something. Um, the one that was mentioned this week, I thought, oh, quite like the uh, look at that is Lanzini. Of course, Manuel yeah, Lanzini yeah, and West, West Ham. And obviously, there's been sort of linked as maybe as part of a potential exchange for a certain Everton player whose immediate future is. Uh, under question at the moment, but I think he's you know, we've spoken have me about a number 10, somebody can get in and around the box. Is he not a Kevin Morales type of player for me when but, I look at him and I'm thinking, is he any different to what we've, but, what we've got? But we think that Kevin Morales, based on last week's podcast, is a squad player, don't we? Yeah. Somebody to come in, I think that he would be a uh, he'd be an interesting addition. And, and the life from Malaga as well, who's um Sandro Ramirez, Ramirez. yeah, yeah. Think they, I, yeah, yeah. I think they play Real Madrid. Don't do the weekend. Don't do Malaga. It might be worth uh, watching it. Watching it. Yeah. Scouting mission. Yeah, no, I mean. Gav Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk some more in you, you know. But uh, no, I think it just shows you though that what we're saying is this: those players that we're talking about, certainly, you know, 
me want to buy them, but there's going as you said, Tony, the start, there's going to be so much competition to yeah. buy players that sort of we would also be in the market for yeah. this season, isn't it? Are we seeing that, Greg? With obviously we've been linked with this lad for a long time, in Michael Keane at Burnley, and now all of a sudden it just takes a Manchester United to be linked with them, and then that's the end of it. Well, certainly very strong suggestions that he is going to resign for United. Um, likewise, Van Dijk, you could see him going to Chelsea. Mm. Uh, Liverpool obviously would would love to get Van Dijk, and they think that getting in the top four will strengthen their case. But personally, I think if Chelsea move for him, that's where he's going to end up going. So it's all well and good being ambitious like Everton are in terms of their ones and twos on the list. I really hope Steve Walsh has done his homework around the three, fourth, and fifth players on his list, because realistically, without being pessimistic. And that's the sort of players he's going to get. So I want them to be players who are still going to make a big difference next season. You know, it only takes people like Sandro, Class, and Ajax. So you think, well, yeah, they could come to Everton and it because it's a step up in some ways. It only takes Tottenham to throw in for that class, not that they need them. Mm. Tottenham's a poor example. You know, Liverpool, someone, and all of a sudden again, like what we've said all podcast, you're competing against Champions League clubs. But just touching again on, on the Arsenal duo, start with Walcott, would you take him? Yeah, I'd take anyone that improves us. That's yeah. where that's where I go back to the And he'd improve situation. us because of his pace. Yeah, of course he was. I'd take anyone that will improve Everton to bridge that gap, as we've just said before, to try and get us into the top six, try and get us into the top four. Whether it be for a season, two seasons, I couldn't care less. Is Does he make us better? Yeah. Is he better than what we've got? Yes, all day long. Would it go right out for him? Possibly not. But he makes us better than I'm up for it. And that's to that's all our implies to them both. Them both. Listen, I'm not fussed on them. I think they may have gone stale at Arsenal looking at them. They've been there a while now, haven't they? Yeah. Sometimes they're flattened to deceive, but they make us better than what we are. Better than Morales, better than Kone, better than loads of players we've got. So yeah, I'm I'm well off for that. Well off for the And Lanzini, are you a bit iffy with that one? Um Yeah, I'm a bit iffy on that. He hasn't stood out when I've watched him. He hasn't. He's a little bit part it's good against us, yeah, 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 but he's I don't know, he just hasn't. When I'm looking at West Ham, none of them are standing out for me, really. They're struggling, aren't they? Yeah, maybe he has when I haven't watched them. I'm not sure on him, but obviously, there's better options out there. But if he listen, if he's better than what we've got, I'm all for that, and I'll continue to say that throughout the summer because it's going to be double difficult, as I mentioned once more, to compete with these five teams in the Champions League. He's like, it's like that's his equivalent of a strong and stable government, isn't it? For him? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but you're right, though. No, and I think, as you say, I think that's where our expectations have changed, haven't we? Since Mercedes, Stoke, Cumin, and Steve Ross came in, you know, this time. When, last year when we were doing the podcast and sort of came in, came in we were looking at players with himself, marquee signings and yeah. stuff like this, all getting caught up in the uh, Axel Witzel's yeah, yeah. the world. Yeah, um, I think uh, James Rodriguez was with <laughs> at one stage. I think <laughs> probably deleting them uh, podcasts. <laughs> yeah. No one take them up. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that you know this is the theme of this podcast is being seventh in the league. You've only got a certain amount of leverage, haven't you, in terms of buying players and and at the moment. We are stuck in that, as Greg was saying, the th- third, fourth, fifth, maybe even below list. But sometimes that's where the value is. You know, one of our former managers was expert in doing that, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Of, of buying the seventh player on the list for four million, then selling them for 15, 20 million yeah, four yeah. years later. There so. wasn't loads of clubs banging on um, Celtic's door for Van Dyke when he no. went to Southampton. Martinez could have had him, as we know. But that's, as you said, that's where the value. Yeah. I forget what they sat. 
what they paid for him. Mm. But if they're going to get around 60 million and they're talking about they won't even have to sell for that. Yeah. I mean, all players have got, all, all great players can be bought at a given time for a real knockdown price. I always think back to, uh, you know, the year we bought Nick Barnby for uh, 5.75 million, I think it was. Yeah. You could have got Zidane in the summer for 3 million quid, couldn't you? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. you know, and uh, so all, all great players can be bought quite cheaply at, mm-hmm. any, at a given time in their career. It's just the and a, time and a bit of luck, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, one former manager, you know, Moyes was really good at that, wasn't he? Bought players, the experts are buying players for four or five million then getting great value off them or then selling them Squeeze for 10, 15, a few 20 more years, million. Yeah. million. And I think we, we, we may be, as you said a few months ago, in that where we're buying players for 10 million now, but actually, with the same potential and, and that's what we're going but to do but if we were to do that we're going to have to get the business done earlier yeah, I mean, this is yeah. where we need the Ross Barkley situation sorted out in the Ronald Cafes yeah especially if we're going to be in Europe on the uh, 27th of July or whatever it is it's a different podcast but my concern is that it suits us to have both those situations sorted out early it doesn't necessarily suit the buying clubs do you think no. just briefly do you think Ronald, Ronald Koeman will lose any sleep at all if Ross Barkley was sold next week no Gav no no, absolutely I'm not. I'm the same. I agree with you. I think he'd, if someone offers 30 million for him, he'd sell him tomorrow. Yeah, yeah but I don't know, yeah, as you say, 50 million was reportedly the price that was You're not getting 50 that, million that, that for a player of his. Listen, he's got potential and he's done well this season, but listen, he's nowhere near the finished product and he's got a year left yeah. on his contract. There's nowhere near you getting 50 million for him. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get realistic. Anything between 30 million, I think Everton should snap their hands up and go and get Sigurdsson. So, predictions then for Arsenal? I thought, I thought predictions were getting sick of for a minute. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, well. yeah. Should we round off a hit and miss season in I, terms? I, we've had some, we've had some good hits. Yeah, mostly misses in terms of our predictions, yeah. but that's yeah. that's it, football. Yeah, that's football. I think a couple of the derby ones probably need revision. Don't <laughs> oh, be like on the predictions. Bit. Don't mention uh, it, Gav. And the, and the Chelsea away game in November. Don't mention <laughs> it, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see who's getting so at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I can see. Well, I think I've got one all in the opening day of the season, and I think that's my only one that I've got right all year. Like, you know, and that's why I don't use betting companies. <laughs> now, I think it's you finish, Gav. It's you finish, finish it, yeah. Um, you know what? Perversely, having not won it like one of the big rounds for absolutely donkey's years at a time when it doesn't really matter, I can see us winning. <laughs> just that's just the way football goes, doesn't yeah. it? I can see us winning one nil on, on Sunday. I'm gonna a bit of optimism at the end of the year. End of the year. Nah, we're going to roll over and lose predictably. Uh, we're going to lose 3-1. Save the last word, as if I need to, for Mr Scott. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Arsenal very strong favourites to win this, aren't they? 1-3 with the bookmakers. Everton 7-1. So if you fancy Everton to win, that'll turn it on and get your 80 quid back. Nah. Hey, we're not sponsored by any book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, any, any players listening at the moment, yeah, you know, you know the deals. Yeah, 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 you know the deals. <laughs> don't go with it. Yeah. Uh, nah. If, Everton, if, if Liverpool are winning by half time, Everton will win because I think Arsenal just throw the towel in. I really do. If, Liber, if they see the scoreline, Liverpool 2 0 up by half time, I think that'll demoralise Arsenal and Everton will come out second half and um, win the game. Good luck to Big Alvaro and the Great Oak. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Big Greedy gets that, has it? Get on the end nah. of that. Just out of insight, can close a quick question. Yeah. One, in terms of Everton getting in the top six next year, who would you rather have in the Champions League, Liverpool or Arsenal? As in, 
it's in terms of us getting in the top six next year. I see where he's going with it because yeah. he's probably going to stress. I meant to ask this question before Arsenal because if they're doubly yeah. distracted with their ongoing. Yeah. Uh, so you would you say um, the same? Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go the deciding vote. I'm going to like Arsenal. Yeah. So all right, can I ask you the question? Oh, over, maybe, two, over, like, over two legs, who beat two? Liverpool or Arsenal? Over two legs. If it, if it was a playoff between the two sides, Arsenal. Well, some weird, some weird combination, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Who was who would you say is when who's the better side? Liverpool would win, I think. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Would you say? Would you say Arsenal? Uh, yeah, anyway. we well, who do you think? Then? Come on, out with it. I think Arsenal are better. I just think Arsenal. Are... I think you're probably right there. I think thinking about it. I think Arsenal are better. Uh, anyway, team. let's we've been talking about Liverpool and Arsenal in the seventh podcast. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, we're, we're talking about it because the... it's in fact. Well, I think I think. It might be better for us if Arsenal don't qualify for next season, and therefore, you know, a good result for us on I Sunday. Don't, I think it's us. the opposite because of the owners that Arsenal have got and the owners that Liverpool have got. You okay. think Liverpool's owners are more likely to show ambition in the market? No, less likely than less Arsenal. Less likely. Less likely. Oh, really? Than yeah, yeah. I think I think Arsenal will get back. I think I don't think Liverpool will if they don't make the Champions League. Well, there you go. Okay. All right. Well, that's a nod to our uh, friends across the park and down south. Um, <laughs> our hordes of listeners in North London. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, as Gav said, it all counts because ultimately that's where we want to be. But yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks very much for listening uh, and keeping with us throughout the season proper. It's not going to end here. We will endeavour to keep going during the uh, <laughs> during the postseason. Yeah, and as I said, don't forget to say, what's my suggestion on Friday? Which After one? The game. Go, go the bar. Yeah, no, not go the bar. <laughs> Sorry. Pick out our best Premier League event in the Everton during the summer. Yeah, and which we will be endeavouring to do. You've heard it here first, our all-time Everton 11. So that'll, that'll probably rather than be one fell swoop, we might do defence, midfield and then attack. I'm sure it'll generate lots of debate. Certainly amongst us anyway. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And a final note... Of course, we've got a sponsor. You might have noticed I forgot to mention at the start. <laughs> Beer 52. Um, you can get a tenner off your order from their brilliant selection of craft ales and beers. If you just go in onto beer52.com and at your checkout, add ECHO, E-C-H-O, block capitals, to get your discount.